What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sit Black and Watch. This is a cultural podcast about all the black things that you need in your life. I'm your host, Taisha, also known as Afrovocative on the internet. Thank you so much for tuning in to my very first episode of my brand new podcast. It was a journey getting up to this point and getting this thing up and running. I have to say, if I'm going to be completely transparent with y'all, I was scared shitless out of my mind, but I'm here now and you're here listening. So thank you again. You can't fail unless you take your first steps, right? So that's what I'm doing. Just to give everyone who doesn't know who I am a bit of an introduction. And for those who do know me or well, who think they know me, this is a reintroduction. I am a New York City transplant. I'm originally from the DMV. Shout out to Frederick, Maryland. Um, but I grew up a kind of like moving all over the U.S. So I've lived down in Georgia. I kind of call Arizona basically like my first home at this point. Um, shout out to Chandler, AA. Um, <laughs> and um, I moved to New York in 2014 where I kind of started my journey as a young adult. So I graduated high school and at the time I was a dancer. I was going out to California to dance at Debbie Allen's Dance Academy. And I told myself like, you know, one day I'm gonna be Beyonce's backup dancer. But lo and behold, life has a funny way of, you know, giving it to you raw, no Vaseline. So I eventually stopped dancing as much as I was dancing because I went to school in Cincinnati. I told y'all I moved a lot. Um, (laughs) And, I had eventually injured myself and I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with the rest of my life, right? Because dancing was my end all and be all, like that was it, that was my passion, that was my purpose. But through losing a, a passion, I guess you can say, I gained another one which was photography. So in in college, I started off by just asking some of the like divine nine Greeks around campus if I could take pictures at their their events. And eventually I started getting paid. And then I moved to New York. I like dropped out of school for an entire year because my grades were shit. Not because I'm stupid, because I'm not stupid. I just, you know, was dealing with some real nigga issues. (laughs) And, um, you know, financial aid ain't shit. So I moved here with family and I, really started to embark on who I was as a young adult. I was 24 when I moved here. Um, And started working like a real life job and all that good stuff. And then finally I got back in school at Berkeley College, which I graduated in 2017, so go me, with a um, bachelor's in marketing. Um, I finally started to take my photography serious and started calling myself an actual professional photographer and from there I met up with someone who was a published writer and did red carpet press and she needed a photographer so boom I became her photographer and that was what started me off the year that I graduated from school and I decided because I had all this free time now that I wanted to get into film and television now I've always loved watching TV shows growing up. I've always loved like talking about films with my friends and you know, new music. I mean, I used to sit in my living room and practice what my intro to 106 and Park was gonna be because I just knew one day I was gonna be a host on 106 and Park, right? (laughs) Um, Very, very cheesy. 
So, you know, I was like, I need to break into this industry. So I started my own blog called Afrovocative.com in 2017. And I kind of kept up with it here and there. But I was a little discouraged because I was very new. So I didn't have access to publicists and things like that. And I was just trying to figure out, like, uh, how can I break into this industry as a photographer and a writer? And how can I get published? So I started off writing for Curls Understood, which is a natural hair website. And um, eventually, like, that helped me have some type of foundation. And then I started meeting other black creators who were like, hey, can you come do press for this event? Um, so I, you know, I shout out to my people because honestly, that is who has kept me, um, quote unquote, employed, I guess you can say, with my freelancing for writing and doing press events. And um, I definitely can say that that is probably who is going to help boost this podcast up um, as I have people come on the show for interviews and things like that. I created this podcast to be a reflection of some of the dope-ass people that I see online, in person, in Black entertainment. So if you're interested in coming on this podcast... Please make sure that you follow the Sit Black and Watch Instagram page, and that handle is at Sit Black Watch, S I T B L A C K W A T C H. Again, that's at Sit Black Watch. Please slide into my DMs, the real smooth like, and let me know what project you've got going on, what you would like to promote, if you want to come on and just discuss a topic with me, because I've got my own juicy stuff that I have down to talk about on here. And even if you want to come re talk about a film review or a television show, from week to week, I'll be talking about different shows that I personally watch, some of the film screenings that I'm going to, to kind of give you guys an inside scoop on what's new. And um, I'll be plugging you guys to some great stuff. I'll have some interviews too. Next episode, I will have someone very special on. I'm not going to tell y'all now because I want it to be a surprise, but I'm really excited about that. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with my strong black lead of the week. Every week I'm going to have a strong black lead. This is someone that is a creative or entertainer that is exemplifying excellence on and off screen in film, theater, music, or television. This week, my strong black lead goes out to Vanessa Baden-Kelly, who is one of the lead actresses in the critically acclaimed series, Giant. The series was created by James Bland, and it picked up uh, multiple nominations, 11 to be exact. Um, and so Vanessa, Miss Vanessa Baden-Kelly, she walked away with an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting, or I'm sorry, Outstanding lead actress in a digital daytime drama series so shout out to her for doing the damn thing if you don't know who Vanessa Baden Kelly is you will know her from Gullah Gullah Island or Kenan and Kel she played um Kenan's little sister on Kenan and Kel and she's just been an actress who has been in the game for some time now and she's finally getting her dues just to give y'all some background about the show Giants, it is a show that premiered on Issa Rae's channel on YouTube, and it was created by James Bland. It is a coming of adulthood drama series that chronicles the journey of three friends, Malachi, Journey, and Day, 
each battling their own inner giants as they approach the age 30. When unable to escape conflicts of identity, sexuality, and mental health, each character reaches a sobering turning point that leads them on a quest of self-acceptance, stability, and a sense of a greater purpose. It's been praised for authentically capturing the Black millennial experience, and it has accumulated over 3 million views on Issa Rae's YouTube channel. And it should be right around this time making its television debut on Clio TV, which is a new Comcast network from TV One, so that's like super exciting. Um, but back to Ms. B Vanessa Baden Kelly. So she plays Journey, and Journey has been through some ups and downs with um, just regular old relationship things. She's had some issues with pregnancy, and she's dealing with depression. And in season one, I connected so deeply with her because I went through a few of the things that she went through in uh, my own adulthood as I was approaching, you know, 26 and 27 I had a big fallout with my relationship at the time which was like a big heartbreak for me I dealt with some issues with pregnancy as well um and you know I was just trying to figure out my life as a upcoming senior before I graduated in 2017 and so I went through a really really hard time my my senior year and then I went through post-grad depression because it took me an entire year after graduating college to find a job in my field um, on top of me freelancing and trying to you know get money to live in New York City because if you don't know anything else we all know that New York City is crazy expensive um, but I wanted to highlight her speech that she did at the Emmys because I thought it was really important and I wanted to touch on the fact that she said something so very, very important. Um, I've been acting since I was four and um, I'm black and you don't always get to be the lead and my best friend James made me a role so I can finally be the lead. So this is... Thank you. I just thought that was like the sweetest thing when I seen it I teared up be because I understand what it's like to feel like you deserve opportunities and get left out and especially if you work hard or you know that you can act a little bit better than somebody else or you you know have a talent or a skill that is a little bit better than someone else and you're working your ass off to be seen to be heard to get those opportunities um I thought it was just beautiful to know that James Bland wrote something and instead of trying to cast other people, you know, tapped on the shoulder of his friend, a really good friend, and said, I would love for you to play this part. And now it's a created an opportunity and a spotlight, not just on her, but himself and the rest of the cast who are all phenomenal actors and I personally can't wait to see what else they decide to do. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a season three. Um, James Bland, listen, wherever you need us to donate some money, please put it up so we can do that. Um, I, I think it would be dope if it could stay independent and online, but I also would love for it to get picked up by an actual network and be able to get a season three, four, five until he feels like he wants to end the story. Um, so yeah, that's my strong black lead of the week, Miss Vanessa Baden Kelly. You are everything, sis. Love you on the show. And hopefully one day I can have you on here and interview you, girl. Um... So now 
I'm about to get into a segment where we about to get into everybody and their mama's business, which is basically our weekly cultural updates about what's going on in black entertainment and television and film. I guess I'm going to start off with the messiness first and then we can go ahead and get into the um, the good stuff. And before I start, I want to say that everything I'm talking about is basically coming from Shadow and Act. Shadow and Act is a dope um, online outlet that uh, it's a media publication that talks about film, television, web series, interviews, everything that's going on in the box office, and it's pertaining to all things black. So mon- many of the, the topics that I'll be talking about are going to be pulled from Shadow and Act. So shout out to them. You should definitely check out their website, shadowandact.com. So we finna get into it, get into it. All right, so (laughs) your boy Steve Harvey's show has been canceled and the nigga done got himself fired. Um, His daytime talk show, which was created in 2012, has been canceled. And it's not surprising because they announced apparently last year that Kelly Clarkson had her own talk show coming. So they done swapped him out for the white lady. Although I stand Kelly Clarkson and completely love her. Um, but, you know, Steve was in his feelings about it because he felt like they should have approached him and talked to him like this is what we would like to do. And he said that they didn't do that. And they basically pulled the Lee Daniels on him. <laughs> I know Monique is sitting back like, <clears throat> tried to tell you, but you want to sit up here and chastise me like I'm a tri- child. Um, so yeah, he was also on the show Little Big Shots as the host, and they are replacing him with Melissa McCarthy, which is going to be really interesting. I really do like her, um, but I'm like, damn, Steve. Now, a lot of people aren't too fond of Steve Harvey, and I mean, why would you be? You have now caped for Donald Trump in the like most insane way. You've given bad dating advice multiple times, and then you got on TV, and like I said, you chastised Monique, who I love. I don't care what nobody say. I'm Team Monique, although, girl, you was a little wrong coming for Oprah, but still, I'm Team Monique. Um, You know, a a few months ago, he had Monique on his show in the midst of the drama between her, Oprah, Lee Daniels, and Tyler Perry, and he kind of chastised her about having integrity in the industry and how she should secure her bag before she worries about um, her own integrity or something like that. Um, And, you know, Monique was like, I'm not about to sell my soul for no damn check. Like, either you're going to pay me what what I'm paid to do. This is a job. I've earned and paid my dues. Pay me my money payment my money um so yeah that that's that's what's going on with steve and his bosom buddy lee daniels has also gotten both of his shows canceled now the lee daniels thing for me was a little shocking because so many people seem to love star and empire so i was just trying to figure out like why in the hell they canceled both of his shows, especially when they announced that Empire was getting a season six. So that was really weird. I'm wondering, um, you know, what the behind the scenes drama is with the Lee Daniels situation. Um, Star was his show that was starring three young women in Atlanta. 
that um, were trying to get a record deal and trying to become famous. Two of the girls were sisters and they were like foster kids who had been shopped around from home to home and the other girl was the daughter of a famous celebrity and a like model mother who was played by Naomi Campbell and um, Lenny Kravitz. Um, and I didn't really too much get into Star. And I think I, the only reason why I had a hard time getting into Star was because of what Lee Daniel said when he said that he needed a white woman to be the lead in the show to carry it. And there's something about diversity. And I'm just like, nigga, bye. Um, I don't know. It was just a lot for me. And I was like, okay, sir, no. That's not what we're, we're not going to do that. Listen, white women book roles every day. We can name about 50, 11 shows with a white woman as the lead. That could have easily been um, an opportunity for a black girl, but you know, you want to cape for white girls, I guess. Although I will say that I do like um, the actress um, that plays the lead, that is the, the white girl, uh, I believe her name is like Jude, Jude something, um, but she she is dope, I will say that. And I do like that Ryan Destiny has, um, kind of blown up from this and she's just as cute as she can be sis can sing and dance so i'm just here for her as well and i did get to meet them when i went to the american black film festival two years ago and they were very sweet so the, the only reason why i'm really sad that the show got canceled is because i'm like oh they're nice and i want them to keep you know working i'm sure they'll go on and do amazing things um but as far as the empire situation goes I'm wondering if the whole situation with, um, what is Journey Smollett's brother's name? Um, uh, Jesse Smollett, okay. I'm wondering if the whole scandal with Jesse Smollett is what led to the show being canceled because I know that this was a big thing and, um, man, Jesse, that was just, that whole situation was a clusterfuck, but I stood with Jesse the entire time. I, to this day, will defend him and go hard on anybody in a conversation because I still feel like he's innocent and that man was attacked and I feel like he did not pay those boys to fight, to to um to beat him up. I feel like that was a planned attack on their part and not his. But, you know, I'm, I'm saying is Chicago Police Department do better. Um, but, yeah, I'm wondering if the, the scandal with Jesse Smollett is what kind of led to the the decline in ratings and just drama with the network um so maybe this was bound to happen but also you know we know that lee daniels has money issues as well um so yeah god bless him godspeed you know I feel like this is Monique's reparations. Although Monique did come out and say that she doesn't want to see um, Lee Daniels or Steve Harvey, you know, have their shows canceled. She wants them to continue being successful. And, you know, God bless you, girl. Because I just feel like if a nigga ruined my career and blackball me in the industry, I'm laughing every chance I can. But you know what they call that? Growth. And I don't have that right now. <laughs> so moving on to the next and, you know, in other messy drama, Mr. Trey Songs it pulled the Drake and um, <clears throat> he he popped up with a baby on us. He he posted this child and um, the Shade Room, also known as the FBI, found out and posted it. And people were in the comments like, hold up now, who this, who this? And folks were 
at first assuming that maybe it was his nephew and um, he finally came out a few days ago and posted the picture and introduced everybody to his son Noah who is absolutely and utterly adorable and yummy and I just want to kiss his son's cheeks now some people particularly his fans have been like losing their shit right um and <laughs> now I didn't know that people still stand for Trey Songs. I can't even tell you the last time I've heard of a, a, a Trey Songs record I know he has the song Chi Chi with Chris Brown but I have not actually went to hear the song um and at one point in time, he was dating Lori Harvey, which I believe is Steve Harvey's daughter or stepdaughter or something like that. But, you know, that kind of, like, fizzled out. But, yeah, the baby is just so cute. And I really wish all of the blessings to Trey Songs as a father. And hopefully things are good with um, the baby mama, whoever she is. Um, and maybe they'll end up together and he'll come out and finally reveal who that child's mama is um you know it's a, 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 quite a few of his fans are like how you gonna do us like this i don't know it's weird i mean i guess it's not weird um that celebrities keep their pregnancies under wrap because it's nobody else's business right but you still kind of be hurt of just a little baby like damn like you ain't you ain't gonna tell nobody huh Alrighty then um <laughs> but anyways uh moving on to better news oh wait actually before no we i gotta talk about this before i go any further jason mitchell y'all so the shy was renewed for a season three literally on like may 1st i believe and now here we are two weeks later and Jason Mitchell has been dropped from the show and from his Netflix film, his upcoming Netflix film, after some sexual assault misconduct allegations. Um, now, according to Shadow and Act, they updated their website yesterday. They said that Showtime did confirm that Mitchell will not be a part of The Shy next season, but they had no further comments on the specifics, right? Um not only was he dropped from The Shy and his upcoming Netflix film Desperado, but he was also dropped by his management, allegedly, um, his agency. This is, like, super heartbreaking because I so championed for Jason Mitchell as an actor, and I loved his story. I saw his um, Breakfast Club interview that he did a while back, and I was just, like, completely smitten by him, and I was like, yes, I, like... Honestly, these last two years with people like Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion, City Girls, people that have come from um, what they would say like the gutter or like the hood or whatever you, you know, like just people who have had hardship in their life, making it is like a thing right now. And especially for black people. And it's a thing that we're celebrating. We're celebrating people who are not um, considered palatable, I guess, or their story or their backgrounds are not perfect. And so when I heard about Jason Mitchell on The Breakfast Club and how he got into acting and his his breakout role with um, Straight Outta Compton, and then he went on to do Keanu and um, 
you know like he he's a really great actor for him to be so new so this really pissed me off and so the whole story is that um the hollywood reporter was the first outlet to basically report the specifics about the allegation and they were told that several actresses on the shy had issues with um jason mitchell and his co-star tiffany boone who plays jerica um on the show that's his girlfriend on the show um, was the one who reported that he was making her uncomfortable and there were repeated complaints of sexual harassment harassment, and that she felt so unsafe that she had to have her fiancé, who is uh, Marquis Richardson, he's on Dear White People, he plays Reggie, come up to the set. Um, now, she has declined to comment on anything regarding this, and I feel bad for her because I was on her Instagram yesterday and already I see people like kind of attacking her and, and, and are saying to her like, you're messing up the show, like why can't you just shut up? And it's just like, bro, we're in a time and age where these sexual assault allegations are the time to really come out and speak up. And you know, I, I understand that that can't be an easy thing to do, especially as a woman of color in an industry that is already so small. Like y'all already don't get that many roles and that many diverse roles, whether you're a black woman or a black man. So of course she may feel like, damn, me speaking out is now giving or taking away an opportunity but also are taking away an opportunity from this man but also like you you did the crime you do the time at the end of the day keep your hands off of people watch what you say to people like come on jason like you're too grown for this and that's what really pisses me off about this entire thing with the shy like i really feel for her and i hope that she's okay i feel for the other women that are involved who haven't um necessarily been revealed in this um but yeah so jason got dropped from the show he got dropped from his upcoming netflix film and he also got dropped from his agency and if these allegations are true i have to say that's what the hell you get that is what you get um i hope that what he can do is get some help for what's going on because the one thing about sexual assault allegations and misconduct and harassment is that uh, you know of course you get stigmatized if you are the perpetrator especially with harassment because you know that can be something that really minor to something extremely big so i'm 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 hoping that um he gets help one and seeks out therapy but also that he understands that he needs to apologize to those that he harassed um and um that he focuses on healing whatever it is that caused him to act out in this way before he decides that he wants to try to continue like going forth with his acting career because as we've seen with your boy columbus short he was somebody who violated in a major way and was in a domestic violence dispute with his um ex-wife and his career suffered greatly and he has not really been able to bounce back since he went from you know scandal in like a-list roles to now kind of like that cd list thing um <clears throat> so yeah jason get it together i'm highly disappointed i am interested to see what um 
<clears throat> will happen with the shy for season three now that they're saying that he's off the show and tiffany boone asked to be released from the show because that's how uncomfortable she was and they did release her they let her walk away from um the show as a character so now that jason is completely off i would hope that they do some damage control and get her back on the show because I do like her character, Jerrica. I mean, like, her character annoys me, but I like her as an actress on the show. Um, and I'm actually going to talk about The Shy in upcoming episodes, too, because I really love the show. I love what Lena Waithe is doing with that show. It's one of my favorites right now. Um, so, yeah, much luck to the cast and crew of The Shy, and I really hope that that whole thing turns out for the better for everyone involved and that that man gets some help and that he is able to you know come to terms with what he did and take responsibility because it's some bullshit um let's see what else is going on this week We've, i've had so much stuff happen this week um oh halle berry so halle berry did something that i thought was super dope she was on the red carpet for john wick 3 and she decided to punch up and um, highlight two black journalists who her um, her PR person, her publicist was like, oh, y'all can't get an interview with sis. She's too busy. And um, she was like, I can't skip my brother and sister. So again, she was on the John Wick 3 red carpet. And her publicist, who is a white woman, denied access to an interview to these two black journalists um one of the journalists name her name is Marie and the other journalist was Lamar Dawson and they were basically given the cold shoulder by her publicist and Hallie if you look at the video Hallie is walking past them and you can see the journalist Marie try to get her attention and Hallie looks back over her shoulder and then she stops and, and completely does a 180 and turns around and goes to both of the black journalists to give them interviews and it's so warming and it touched my heart because as someone trying to break into that field and doing press on red carpets it's not easy and when I say that first of all People in the pit, the press pit, get treated like shit to begin with, but especially if you're a black man or a black woman or just a person of color, it is a little bit harder establishing yourself and, and really honing in on your voice when you're in predominantly white spaces on red carpets. Um, and I've even been to, well, actually, I will say that some of the, the, most of the events that I've done press at have been um, events for black people and ran by black people so the press pit has had a certain type of organization where there's an understanding I actually just went to a screening for the series bubbly brown sugar it's a web series and their red carpet was very small so what me and the other black journalists did we we decided okay listen i'm gonna set my stuff up like this you set yours up like this we'll take turns so that we're not in each other's shot when we go to interview the cast members and the crew that come up here on the red carpet so you know there was a very communal effort into making sure that everybody got the footage footage and content that they needed um and you know, a few, I want to say this was last year, back back last year, there was another situation where Sterling K. Brown was on the, um, 
was on the the red car or no he was doing a press event for the SAG Awards in 2018 and a journalist by the name of Jaleesa Lachey who was um, reporting for Black Tree TV asked him you know are you going to acknowledge the disadvantage that black journalists see because we're not often in the press pits and we're not invited to the the red carpets and the awards to get the exclusives and oftentimes even at events where it's predominantly white like you'll have essence on the red carpet and people will walk right past essence or they'll put essence all the way down at the end of the carpet so that by the time the the cast member does a few interviews then their publicist rushes them off and says oh no we don't have time for interviews they got to get inside right um and at the, and sterling k brown he basically was like wow he looked around the room and and he was like wow i didn't even notice i had never even noticed and he took a moment to just say that i will make sure from now on that that is something that is brought to my attention. And I do think that um, a lot of times um, artists don't recognize that maybe. Um, it was also mentioned by Little Rel. He, um, he gave the first choice to black press at an MTV movie and um, TV award show for the red carpet. Jordan Peele also hosted a screening for his movie, Us, that was full of black journalists across the country and i'm so mad that i didn't have the connect for that because i remember seeing that like the day after it happened and i i felt a little heartbroken because i'm like damn i would have loved like i you know being a big tv and film person i would have loved to be able to attend that um so yeah i just i totally understand how hard it is being a black creator and on the side of um, media and journalism and trying to break through and get those the press coverage and get those articles written and you know these are the people who you want to be reporting positively on you um, so when you do have your show's not doing great in ratings you have somebody writing positive reviews about it or you you have someone on your side when scandals happen you know what I'm saying like so I do think that um, black black artists, like actors and stuff like that, and entertainers need to take more responsibility when they go on red carpets and asking why isn't there black press here, or you know, asking their publicists point me in the direction of the black press and the black outlets, um, publications and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Finally, let's see what else I want to talk about. Oh, Meg The Stallion's album came out last Friday, which was fire. Her new album is called Fever. Um, and I just got put on to Meg The Stallion very recently. Um, I am not her full name, Megan The Stallion. Um, she's a Houston native. Or is it Houston? I know she's a Texas. Yeah, I want to say she's a Houston native. Um, <clears throat> and she just is a dope rapper. I... Um, was put onto her song via Instagram because I saw somebody dancing to it and it was Big Old Freak. And then I had a friend tell me about her. My friend Alexis was like, oh, you should listen to her music. And so I finally was like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead. And I listened to that. I listened to Freak Nasty, um, Cognac, I think that's the song. 
Um, and I just like fell in love with her. I, I personally love like her and Cardi B and City Girls because right now they're doing the damn thing when it comes to owning their sexuality. I love a female rapper that can talk nasty on a track and still spit. Um, and you know, and her lyrics to me are not that simplified. Like, they're not that simple. But she has, like, little things that she says in her raps that be, like, getting me hype. And it makes me want to explore my own sexuality and, that like, that dominance and um, just being a badass stallion or a hot girl, as she says. Um, I am I am a hot girl because I am under the 5'7 crew. Because uh, apparently, according to Twitter, if you are 5'7 and up, you're a stallion. And if you are under 5'7, you're a hot girl. So, I'm a hot girl. I'm, I'm good with that. You know what you need, boy? I need a hot girl. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Y'all y'all should te- check out her album, Fever. My favorite um, song on the album is... Um, Simon Says. I love that song. So that was a Juicy J produced song. And um, allegedly there's some drama surrounding the Simon Says song um, because there's a girl out named Wolf, Wolf Tyler. Hold on. Let me let me pull up her Instagram. This girl came out saying that she wrote the the hook in the bridge. Oh, yeah. Wolf Tyler. She wrote the hook in the bridge for Simon Says, and she was on the reference record. And when she posted a caption on Instagram, she said, Simon Says, play this record on repeat. Grateful to be a part of the record, leaving little paw prints all over 2019. Women taking over left, right, left, right, left, left, right. And she tagged uh, Megan the Stallion, and the poster, or the, the post was the screenshot of the Simon Says record with, you know, Meg's um, album on there. Well, Megan the Stallion hopped up on Instagram and was like, bitch, you didn't write nothing. Um, now, I do think that Meg might have jumped the gun. I think what the issue was that the one, the girl Tyler didn't get her actual credit on the record because what probably happened is she probably did the reference track and, you know, wrote the hook or whatever. And then Juicy J sent it off without, you know, mentioning that, oh, she did the hook or anything like that. And so once they actually cut the record for Meg the Stallion, um, Meg had no clue that this girl had any part in helping write the record. A lot of people don't know how um, songwriting happens, I guess. So sometimes when artists are like, oh, I wrote this song, but then you may, you might see like two other names on the song, then people are like, oh, you don't write your own music. And that's not how that works sometimes. You know, like people have full-on writing teams. Um, so yeah, I just hope that they could squash the beef because um, the girl Tyla ended up putting up another post where she clarified that she was like I did not write the whole song and I never said that I wrote the whole song um she says I'm gonna say my piece keep it professional and go it's sad that this industry will go so far as to make two women look at each other crazy never did I take credit for writing Meg's verse I wrote the hook the bridge and named the song for Simon Says in January let's not take it there because receipts don't lie and reference tracks don't either and um she said, if I'm a clout chaser for showing nothing but love and being proud of something I took part in, so be it. That was cute. That was a cute label stunt. The song was the song is still fire. I can't read today. And I said what I said. I'm grateful to be a part of the record. So to me, I feel like um, 
you know, she was just trying to say, like, I just wanted to show props because I was proud and excited to hear that a hook I wrote made it, you know, on the song and that, you know, it is what it is. But then Juicy J did some underhanded shit and he got on Instagram and was like, listen, I wrote the whole song, so I don't even know what we talking about. It was just very... Yeah, so Juicy J, he wrote, he says, Juicy J wrote the hook and gave it to me. I don't care about no reference. That's what Meg Thee Stallion said. And then um, Juicy J said, I produced and write a lot of songs. <laughs> I produced, not I produced, but I produced. I produced and write a lot of songs, and I get people to... I get people to reference the song I wrote Simon. First of all, none of this has any punctuation. So let's just be clear. Your girl over here can read, but this shit is not written with any punctuation. Um, I wrote Simon Says. Now let's end this. This is very petty. Have a happy Sunday. And it just to me was very underhanded and very industry of him to play that girl. Now, she did have some receipts and she posted some screenshots where Juicy J's uh, manager, I believe, was asking her for her full name so that um, she could get the actual credit on the record. So I do want her and Meg to squash it out and, you know, maybe they do an actual song together for Meg's next project or something like that because I'm all for women empowerment and I don't see the point in, like, petty beefs or anything like that. Um... So, yeah, that is all that I have this week for getting into everybody and they mama business. That's what I'm finna call this segment every week because that's pretty much what I'm doing. Um, just to recap my week, um, I had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. I went to quite a few screenings. I went to, um, you know, Netflix just had a film come out called See You Yesterday, which was written and directed by Stefan Bristol and produced by uh, Spike Lee. And um, Yara Shahidi's debut feature film, The Sun is Also a Star, came out. I went to that screening Thursday night. And um, what else did I do? I went to the Bubbly Brown Sugar screening. It's a new web series that came out. Um, so I had a lot going on. Oh, and then the other day, I also went to the Ava DuVernay screening for... Um, when they see us which is based around the central park five real life story so i had i had some fun stuff that i did this weekend and it was like a nice a nice weekend for me um the one that i wanted the screening i want to talk about is the sun is also a star so i got the tickets for that like two hours in advance and um i was like super excited to go so I roll up there, there's like no line, and I'm looking around like, am I at the right screening? Because it was over at the AMC in Times Square. So if y'all know anybody that's listening, y'all know that's on 42nd Street. Um, but there was, and usually when you go to screenings there, there's like a line almost wrapped around the block, but there was nobody there. So I'm waiting, and I waited about an hour, and someone finally came downstairs and got us and took us upstairs, and then they gave us a, a free popcorn ticket, so I stood in line and I got my food, but I forgot to give them my popcorn ticket. And I was like, you know what, I'll just come down once I like sit down and get situated. So I head upstairs and I'm walking into the theater and there's a lady standing in the front with a bag and she hands me a little compact mirror. It's a blue, like a turquoise blue compact mirror. And it says the sun is also a star written in yellow on it. And it was just so cute. And I'm like, yes, y'all, y'all better be out here giving me all the free things 
because I love free shit, okay? Um, <laughs> and I'm kind of a hoarder, so I, I will keep things if you give them to me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so I she, she asked me, like, did you get your popcorn yet? And I say, no. She says, you're going to want to go back and get your popcorn. I promise you. So I'm like, uh, okay. I get in there, I sit down, I put my stuff down. I'm like, let me run and get this popcorn real quick. Well, I walk out, and I'm on the second floor, and I'm like, damn, I don't really want to go down to the first floor because that line is long as hell. I, like, waited 20 minutes just to get my food from the concession stand. So I see all these people on the second floor kind of in a crowd, and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just go over here and get my popcorn. I walk up, y'all, and the Yara slaying Shahidi is behind the counter passing out popcorn with her co-star Charles Melton. Um, and I was just so ecstatic. I just have to tell y'all, like, I love Yara Shahidi. She's one of my favorite up-and-coming black actresses. I love her on Blackish. Although her character on Grownish annoys me, I still love her. And I just think that she's completely, like, amazing and dope and, like, a sister like a little sister in my head um I would love to one day write something for her to like be a part of um so you know I'm super excited and I ask her for a picture so we take a selfie together which you can go see on the Instagram page because I think I've posted it by now um and she's just so cute and so nice and like she has this glee about her and this joy that I feel like is pouring it's spilling out from her like skin in her soul which is why her skin is so on point um <laughs> but she was so nice so we took a picture and then when I went and got situated and sat down in the theater her and the actor Charles Melton came inside the theater and they introduced the film and I thought it was so cute how Yara was just so excited for us to see the film you could tell she was just so eager for everyone to really like it um now the film is really really dope so it's a story about two um two first generation kids that one her Yara Shahidi she plays um oh man why is her name not coming hold on let's see let's see because I know her name it's right there in my head hold up hold up hold up where is it where is it what where is it where is it Natasha there we go she plays Natasha in the film which is she's a Jamaican American girl who whose family is about to be deported back to Jamaica and so she sets out to the immigration office to get shit straight and be like listen y'all not gonna send me and my family back like how we gonna work this out because I ain't going nowhere this is my home right and then she meets Daniel who Daniel Bay, that's his name in the film, that's played by Charles Melton, who is a South Korean American um, first generation college or high school student who has a college interview that same day. And he's setting out to go get uh, be interviewed so that he can become a doctor, basically. Um, and so they meet and he tries to convince Natasha, who is a realist, that he can make her fall in love with him in a day. And he's just completely a hopeless romantic and absolutely believes in chemistry and signs. And Natasha is like, you're no, that's not that's not what we doing. I don't believe in love. Love is nothing but body chemistry and neurons firing and all that good stuff. Like they're both kind of like, 
he's so he's a poet he wants to be a poet he, he doesn't want to be a doctor and his family is kind of like forcing him into this career and so that's kind of his conflict throughout the film that he needs to stand up to his family and let them know this is not what I want to do with my life and um, she on the other hand is very practical but bold and confident and um, she's into like um, astrology and the sun and the earth and all that stuff um, so yeah it's a, it's a cute romance film it's a very very pretty like easy watch and a good coming of age story between like a good love story I would say for teenagers and young adults now the author of the film is so it's actually a book and it was written by a black woman Nicola Yoon but Nicola Yoon tapped on the shoulder of Tracy Oliver who is a screenwriter a black woman screenwriter to ad um, adapt the film adapt the book into a film um, now, if you don't know who Tracy Oliver is, then you've also been living under a rock. Tracy Oliver was a, uh, a actor and a writer on The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl with Issa Rae. That's where she got her start. She then went on to co-write the film Little, which stars Marseille Martin, Regina Hall, and Issa Rae. And she also helped co-write Girls Trip. So, Tracy Oliver, like, she's doing the damn thing it has... She's racking up on films, like good, funny films under her belt. So this was a different change of pace for her, writing something that was a little bit more rooted in, I guess, romance and drama. Um, I think what touched me so much about the film is that I'm, a one, a big hopeless romantic, and um, I believe in all that cute shit, like the signs and chemistry and meeting each other and allowing love to lead you. I totally am someone who believes that you can completely fall in love with someone in a day or you can fall in love with somebody at first sight. Sorry y'all, but I, I always want my black women to have their love story and their romance, romantic fairy tale. Um, and I know that my friends laugh at me sometimes because of that. Um, but you know, we as black women don't really get the opportunity to have narratives written about them when it comes to love that isn't rooted in struggle and hardship and like being treated like crap by men. And I think that that's what I appreciated so much about this film. Like there were there were times that the film was a little rushed, but overall it was an easy watch. The way that they fell in love was very easy. Um, there was a really really cute scene where they do karaoke and this is the moment that you actually see her falling for him um so yeah I just feel like we need more stories like this that are easy they're magical they're filled with love in a very sensual and tender way it doesn't have to be all about this man broke my heart and I dated 50 11 fuck boys and I think that's the same thing with um the the being mary jane season finale a lot of people i saw had an issue with the fact that it didn't have the drama that being mary jane normally had it was very easy like her choice with who she was going to love and end up with was very easy and i think that's something i may dissect on another episode but i totally recommend seeing this film if you're into those like the notebook or um what's what's another um, 
you know, like just those cute like teenage love dramas. If you're into that, I think you'll like this one for sure. Um, and it's just always good to see people of color on screen. I thought it was dope that you had um, an Asian lead actor and a black woman. And if you've read Issa Rae's book, then you know she's made a joke about the fact that people deem black women and Asian men the least desirable. So the fact that they took the two people who are considered to be the least desirable for dating in America and put them on a film that I feel is so beautifully written and the cinematography for the film was amazing. They did a lot of scenes that seemed like it relied on natural light, which I'm pretty sure that it wasn't natural light that they used. It was artificial light, but it was done so beautifully. It has this very like sunset dusk feel throughout the, the film. They, they have a lot of scenes that are done in um, like the coffee shop scene where you know the, the the light is hitting her face at the right angle and through the windows um the karaoke scene where you have these neon lights firing very slowly as they're singing this karaoke song to each other um so yeah it was just it was a great watch um so that's my that's my little short my my film review for that was like super short I probably could go into more detail but I'm not gonna do that this episode because we're already pushing 52 minutes um and I know you're probably tired of hearing me talk because I'm tired of hearing me talk so I'm gonna wrap this up and I'm gonna wrap it up with a segment that I would like to call the plug aka black ass shit you should be watching or listening to this week I am highlighting the creator Jay Moon Ferguson who is creating a new fantasy web series about three black women who are witches. Tell me that's not dope. Now I know Netflix failed us when they came out with that Siempre Bruja show that was about um, an Afro-Colombian witch who traveled to the 21st century to go like save her white lover who's father was like a slaveholder or some crazy shit um that wasn't the black witch show that we wanted right this show is a it's kind of the answer to what siempre bruja was it's a mystical dark fantasy web series and it's described as charmed means meets insecure it revolves around three best friends who get the shock of their lives when they discover they are witches. As they struggle to harness their powers and break a generational curse placed by a witch of Salem, their biggest challenge yet looms on the horizon everyday adulting. Um, so it stars three characters, um, Ali, Gigi, and Yaya, who are in the process of adulting and trying to tackle the qualms of being a black millennial woman in America. And I know many of y'all that are listening now can totally identify. And the thing I like about this show is it, it, it keeps it realistic, at least from the trailer. If you go watch the trailer, you will see that it keeps it very realistic. Um, you know, a lot of this generation is into chakras and burning sage and so that is something I've, I've never gotten into that but I know a few people who are very into that you know crystals healing crystals all of that healing water and um I think I respect that that people are I feel getting back to the roots of what black people used to practice um 
and you know finding a, a different way of spirituality if you will um so yeah this is you know three strong black bold women and um as ferguson says it's about women who can't be tamed and it's time for more black faces to be the hero of their own magical journey which i totally agree so right now the um they they have a kickstarter campaign up and they've raised fifteen thousand two hundred and fifty five dollars thus far they have 397 backers and they've only got nine days to go their goal is twenty thousand dollars by friday may 31st um so if you know anything about kickstarter people can kind of set their own um goals you know for how much money and this kickstarter campaign is a all or nothing campaign which means that if the project doesn't reach their goal of $20,000 by Friday, May 31st, they're not gonna get any of the money. So it's very important that y'all go donate. You can literally donate as little as a dollar up to a thousand dollars or more if you got it like that. I mean, if you got it like that, come through. Um, but I felt it was really important to highlight this because this is how Issa Rae got her start. Issa Rae got her start with a Kickstarter campaign. If you look at Color Creative TV and Issa Rae's production company, like literally got their start through Kickstarter campaigns. Um, and so she offers a few different things based on which, you know, how much you decide to give. So one of the, the things that I like the most is the $20 pledge. They have two different kits. You can get the Bruja starter kit, which has um, like crystals in it, candles, herbs, and more that you want to learn how to manifest what it is that you want in life. The, the one that I really like is the Screenwriting 101 um, pledge. So because I am, you know, trying to become my own screenwriter and I have a bunch of web series ideas, she has a, a, a package where if you donate $20, you'll get the Screenwriting 101 e-course and a copy of a broken down pilot from, I believe, her show, and you'll get a digital lookbook. So yeah, they've got a bunch of different things. If you donate $30, they've got a little black girl magic package where you're going to get uh, Chloe's self-love package and your ebooks of spells and holistic remedies a little so it, it there's something for everybody go check it out if you go to shadowandact.com and you type in juju that's the name of the series I just realized I didn't even tell y'all the name of the series is called juju again it's by J Moon Ferguson um Go on uh, Shadow and Act and type in Juju the web series and you'll see the, the link for it. But if you go to Kickstarter, you can also go type in Juju and it should come up as well. And I'm about to give y'all Sis's Instagram. Let's see. So her Instagram is moon.ferguson. Um, that is M-O-O-N period F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. So please go follow her. They have pretty much reached 70% of their goal. It's very, very important that y'all donate. Um, I'm about to, as soon as I finish wrap up with this, I'm going to go ahead and buy my little package. Um, and the other web series that I wanted to shout out was Bubbly Brown Sugar. So I went to the screening this Sunday as press. I was invited. Shout out to Tamala Baldwin. 
and um it was such a fun screening it was a great experience now i i had taken a break from doing press and <clears throat> i you know wasn't sure what to expect um because i haven't been to anything doing press in a while but i got some amazing interviews and i can't wait for y'all to see those i'm gonna make sure that i link it in one of the bios and hopefully we'll have some of the cast come on but bubbly brown sugar is about a young woman and man who meet in their dreams and i wanted to bring this up because i'm keeping it in line with that whole idea of mystical romance and love and you know fairy tales um so they meet in their dreams and they're now trying to find their each other in real life when they wake up out of the dream and i just thought it was such a cool concept and i've met tamala baldwin before because she's um an actress on curvy girls rock which is um, by shakisha roberts you guys should check out that web series and um so i was like oh i, I have to like support i have to go support um tamala is the creator and she stars in it as well she stars alongside Rich Lowe, who plays Caleb, and also some of the actors in it are James Pierce III, who plays Kwame, Yenny Love, who plays Kimmy, David Crownson, who plays Zeke, Tyrone Reeves plays Josiah, and um, Jackinth Headlam, who plays Angela, Quincy Giles, who plays Gabriel, and Rachel LeBlanc, who is a producer and also plays Tara. So listen, this cast is full of beautiful ass black people. And when I say there is a range of melanin, I think that that's a beautiful thing too, because a lot of times people create stuff and then all you ever see is light skinned people. And it's like, we're tired of that, but this is completely different. Um, <clears throat> but it's again, a show about love, a show about manifesting your own love, I would say, and being open to what happens now it gets a little spicy because Caleb does have a fiance <laughs> and um so he's he's kind of having an affair if you will with um Tamala's character because he's going to sleep and he's like making love with old girl and you know dating her or whatever in his dreams and he's waking up to his fiance who he's clearly not satisfied with but the show is supposed to be coming out soon when i get the official date for the show i will definitely let y'all know when that comes out and y'all be sure to like tune into that um but i had so much fun on the red carpet and i also let you guys let you guys know when i post the interviews and when i post the article on afrovocative.com and youtube and all that good stuff but um yeah this concludes the first episode of sit black and watch Thank y'all so much for getting through this episode and tuning in. I hope that y'all enjoyed it and I hope that you come back for episode two because I do have a special guest. I can assure you that this show will get better as the weeks go on. Again, I'm new to this. So I'm just, you know, getting started, getting my feel for it. I would love to hear your feedback. So please follow me on Instagram at Afrovocative. That's A-F-R-O-V-O-C-A-T-I-V-E. And then go to the Sit Black and Watch Instagram page and follow as well. And that handle is Sit Black Watch. S-I-T-B-L-A-C-K-W-A-T-C-H. Sit Black Watch. 
every week i would love to hear you guys feedback so i'll post a little picture once the episode goes up if you want to dm me or if you want to leave the comments give me some feedback about what you liked about the show what you think i should improve on give me some topics to talk about if you have a favorite tv show that you would like me to talk about please let me know and if you know someone that you think should come on this um podcast as a guest and that should you know get interviewed by me because you think they're extremely dope and you want their content to be highlighted please slide in my dms on sit black and watch i will once i get an email up and running y'all can go ahead and start emailing me about these folks and you know or at least telling them to email me and every week what i would like you guys to do if you want me to plug your web series and you want me to watch it and review it and talk about it slide in my dms right now i don't got an email up for everything but i'm gonna get that going by the second episode and i'll give you all the information for that this concludes the very first episode of sit black and watch thank you so much have a black ass happy weekend love you guys